This is the Tribe Mastermind, where we talk business, purpose, and passion with your hosts, Jordan Muela and Steve Welty. If you're ready to shift into a bigger future, then this is the show for you. So plug in, buckle up, and get ready to be. So what's what's been happening, man? What's going on in your world? Oh, man. You know, I was doing a lot of complaining this morning. I, I woke up complaining and in suffering mode. And I'm glad I'm talking to you, baby, because I'm just snapping right out of it. (laughs) My list of complaints was was long. And sometimes that's just kind of where we end up. But you got to pull out of it because it's all it's all made up. My life is fantastic. My life is a a 10. So right. What uh, are they internal complaint? Excuse me, internal complaints? Or are you voicing them? Uh, and pretty fairly internal, but I, I, you know, I shouldn't be waking up this early. I got some stuff on my agenda. I don't want to do, I woke up to do some, some work that I didn't want to be doing. So I procrastinated on it. So now I woke up and I'm didn't, wasn't effective in the way that I expected to be, you know, long laundry list of, of things, you know, some of it existential, some of it practical and tactical, none of it actually real or significant. Got it. So this is interesting to me because first off, I guess the first question is, is there a fix? And if there is a fix, is it a fix in the things you're doing or is it the thing fixed in the way you're being? And then also, is it just like mind chatter, which is hard to fix? Or is it like legitimate, like you're owning these complaints? Well, I think it does fall into the category of mental chatter and just taking ownership of the gap or the delta that exists between my stated desires and my actual behavior. Like I had some things on my schedule today that I wasn't really excited about, but I'm the one that put them there, which means that I'm the one that can take them off. And if I want to go blow some of them away right now, I can. So a little more ownership over the the inputs that are driving the outputs and a little more self-awareness just in the moment that I don't have to th- I don't have to jump on every mental train that comes through my head. Yeah. Okay. So it seems like most of them for you at the moment at least are legitimate things that maybe you're just out of alignment with. Um not the ideal that like uh well I guess the ideal like just things that you know you'd like to be a different way. So there's some some actions maybe you can put into place there. I was looking at I was like scrolling on Instagram the other day and I came across this friend of mine who had a friend who was like my age pass away. And in his, it said like in loving memory, the board. And then it had like all of these photos that I have these photos. It's like me holding my baby, me like getting married, me like with the work team, like me. And I was like, it was so weird because he was my age. He kind of like looked like me even. And then it just brought it so close to home. To where there's, you know, there's a lot of things that come up for me with that. But one thing just in relation to what you're talking about is like, if this is the last week I lived, would this be a good week? You know what I mean? (laughs) And then if we, if we're the masters of our destiny, like, why are we, you know, putting up, I guess, with things that we don't like, I guess it just takes some exploration and some space to really look at that. And if a lot of suffering is an illusion, why do we tolerate it? Or why do we allow it? And what do we get from it? (laughs) yeah it feels good it bolsters the ego to complain i think uh that's one thing but um 
But yeah, man, I'm a big post-it note guy. So like when things hit me, like I have right now, I have I am on my computer, which just reminds me I'm spirit. I have in loving memory and then I have breathe. <laughs> like just taking a mindful breath. Um, well, not even mindful, just like, because breathing is like where you can become really present. And so uh, do you do you write stuff down like this or like have reminders? Like, am I weird like this? I was curious if other people do this. I don't, I, I do it, but via, but digitally. Do you like how, like on your, like I send myself like emails. You say, I oh do, yeah, I, you send yourself emails. I forgot. I'm writing one right now. It says, do what you want. I've been playing with this and I've had a number, I had, I had some good streaks where I really stayed in it. Do what you want. You are on the airplane and they're out of your favorite drink that you ask for. And you can say, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'll take something I don't want. Or you can say, well, can you go get more? You know, I, I am in contact with somebody in my network that I kind of know so-so, but they asked for a meeting and I know they just want to pitch me and I'm just not interested. And I can say, oh yeah, sure, man. Like, you know, let me add value. Or I could say, no, um, yeah, m- m- not right now. You know, I'm not interested. I could just like be straight up. So I'm trying to, even with little things, not in like some big existential way, quit my job, go become an artist, but just even in the little things, just like do what you want. It's, it's a, it's a muscle I want to be flexing. Yeah. Yeah. It is a muscle just like delegation. Definitely. Um, yeah. What have I, 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 I went through a good cleanse like a few months ago about killing some stuff that, you know, was just out of alignment, I think with, uh, with what I'm trying to do. But, um, what about, we talked about admin having an admin. And I remember you said, uh, what did you, that guy say or something that like, if you don't have an admin, you are an admin. <laughs> if you don't have an admin, you are an admin. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. This other thing Dan Sullivan said at my last uh, coach, which was kind of just one of those very simple things that cut right to the point. It's like, don't do anything that you can delegate. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm loving that. And I'm doing a lot more of it. And I'm having to work through my own mental baggage around it. Like, tell me this, Steve. You guys practice EOS, correct? Yeah. Do you take rocks? And under what circumstances do you choose to take or not take rocks yourself personally? Good question. So I take I do take rocks. I take probably the fewest rocks, but I take rocks that only I can do, I feel like. What would be an example? Uh let me see. Let me look at what our rocks are. I think one of our rocks this year is fix bad churn. Hmm. Or not this year, this quarter. So, I mean, technically, you know, Adam or Dave or one of, you know, my team members could probably, that might be a bad example. They might be able to do it 80% as good as I could do it. But I feel like I'm, I feel like maybe not. Like, I feel like I kind of own that one. And then uh, we have also, uh, we're doing a scorecard. So we're going to go deeper with each position and get like extreme clarity on what we're looking for with each position. Like, what's the mission of this position? What are the three big goals? What are the, so the big transformation we had recently is key attributes. So core values, we did ours and they're super important and we made them really simple. So there's three of them. So, cause we were tired of like having eight and people like couldn't remember them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we felt like we needed something else to go a step further to really say, what does everyone on the team have to, uh, you know, what are the attributes or the characteristics of them? Cause we all hear 
you know, the, the common thinking these days that you, you don't, you hire for character, you can train skill type type thing. Right. So we got really clear on our top nine. I think it ended up being nine key attributes. Um, and we just did the same exercise kind of as core values. Like what are people in the marketplace we respect? What do they exhibit, et cetera, et cetera. Because the purpose of this is I'm really fascinated about getting the A players only on the team and expecting more of my team mm. and saying like, hey, these competitors, like the punch that knocks you out is the one you didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. We're just going to like rest in our laurels. We're going to get swallowed up. So there's competitors in our space, more, all this stuff. Uh, we have to get better. And, you know, so I could see, I could see how that really suits you beyond just like, wouldn't everybody love to have a players? Yeah, absolutely. But I could see how for you specifically with a focus on that self-management company and wanting to step back and being minded towards personal development and people upskilling that philosophy seems like a really tight fit for you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It makes sense for where we're headed, I think. So um, those are some rocks that I take. But um, but yeah, I mean, I'm good at making it up. I need people that are good at making it real and making it recur. Mm, mm. Oh, well said. Well, where where that come from, brother? <laughs> that's, a Dan Sol- that's a Dan Sullivan quote, brother. That was, mm, I'm good yeah. at making it up. I need people to make it real and make it recur. Yeah. So I try mm. not to take too many of them. Um, well, so, so let's go back to confidence as a key entrepreneurial attribute. Some people hear that and they're like, they're like, well, why do you need confidence? Like, bro, like just like step up, believe in yourself. But the truth is, if you're operating in the, in the capacity that you just described, it necessarily involves a certain degree of suspension of disbelief. Meaning if I'm not going to grip and I'm not going to force it and take it all the way home, I need to be able to speak something into existence, believing that somebody else can take it all the way home. And that's a fragile premise. And if you lack the confidence to project and to believe and to step into that, uh, rather than, than being able to like, you know, control by doing, you have to be leveraging. Yeah, I fell big into a lot of books, but the one in particular, I think it was The Great Game of Business where he talks about the bu- the business, you build a business to make you money, not to make, well, I'm butchering it, but you, you build a business that makes you money, not to make money. Like the purpose isn't to make money, it's to build a business that makes you money. Mm. And so, you know, it, I may be able to get there faster if I just give the idea or I do the work or I work harder, but um, ultimately I'm trying to build a flywheel. And that's kind of what interests me as far as like the, the mental game of business. It's, it, you know, like uh, that video John shared the other day with that. Did you watch that? That was a cool video. That guy, I never heard of that guy. What was his name? I don't remember. I don't think so. What was it? What was the video about? Uh, it was uh, genius network with Joe Polish and. Oh man. yeah, dude, I did it. And I'm like halfway through his book. <laughs> Oh, that guy. What was his name? I can't. Oh, uh, the road less stupid was his. Yeah. Book. Yeah. How's the book? Oh, man, dude, the book is so good. All right, all right. So synopsis thus far. If I was going to distill it down, the book is basically acknowledging that the game and the asset is cognitive, not external. Steve, if everything in your business burned down tomorrow, <laughs> would you go get a job or would you start over? I would start over. It's a no-brainer. Like it doesn't require any thought or processing. And if you were starting over, would you be starting from scratch? 
Mm, I mean, maybe technically in the, if I went into a new field or something, but I'm in the mental game. No, I'd be starting way ahead. Absolutely, bro. Like that, <laughs> that, that is the resource. So why are we so lax? I call it like staring into the sun. When I think about the value that I get from sitting and thinking r- proportionate to my le- my willingness to do it, it's kind of like staring into the sun. It's insanely valuable. And yet sometimes I have some resistance of just like being still and really meditating on great questions that are going to open up new possibilities and expand the circle rather than just like pedaling and trying to find the best solution within the small circle that I already have. So the book is all about forcing and committing to thinking time and developing the discipline around uh, formulating the best possible questions in the context of that discipline of thinking time. Ooh, I love that. So thinking time, that's something I've dabbled in, and, but it's one of those things I, I, w- I wish for myself, but I've never been able to like stick to. <laughs> He's... I need some good questions. So he said, I think in his book, he gave like 700 or something questions. Did Is that in there? And are they like yeah. questions? Yeah, they're really great questions. I did a, a session the other day. Um, the other day I did on financial, on, on wealth, wealth creation. Um, it was great, dude. Came up with all these notes. And he, what he recommends was that a really important, really great question is going to require multiple thinking sessions. And oftentimes it's like the third or the fourth one where the real breakthroughs happen because the obvious stuff comes out in the first couple, but really refining it, being patient with it, uh, looking for a breakthrough. Though the title of the book is a reference to the fact that for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's not about making money. It's about keeping money and specifically about avoiding bad decisions that are really costly that happened simply because we allowed enthusiasm and ego to outweigh intentionality. Like, uh, and I find in my case, in my situation, a couple of hours goes a long, long ways to solving hard, intractable problems if I'm just like willing to commit the cognitive resources. Wow. So you've put up a couple hour sessions of thinking time. Super muela. That's awesome. That's, I love that, man. That's because uh, you're a busy guy, man. That's, that means it's important. And I did it. I did it with a buddy. I had a guy, a younger guy that I was doing some mentorship work with. And I was like, he was kind of talking to me about this issue. And I was like, all right, we're going to have a thinking time session. So I, I, I'm, his notes are right across the table. Sat down, thought through it. I think that was like, really impactful just to take wow. 45 minutes and to think through that kind of circumstance he was he was looking at. Wow. Interesting. So you guys sat, was it a coaching thing or do you guys try to kind of think about the same question and then you shared? How'd that work? Um, we had different questions. He worked through his and I gave him some feedback. Uh, halfway through, I asked him what he had worked through and then gave him some new questions to kind of te- keep teasing things out. But book book recommendation alert. New book, Stillness is <laughs> okay. the Key, Ryan Holiday. Get yourself a copy. I know you're going to love it, bro. Stillness is the Key. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. I actually, I think I bought that already on Audible. I haven't gone through it though. To give me the breakdown. You liking it or what? Well, I'm um, super early, but you know what? Here's what I find. Really great books. This is kind of, it, it sounds almost stupid saying it, but it's almost like you don't even need to read the book. Like you just, you intuit it. Stillness is the key. It's like, duh. 
Yeah. You know? Now I'm just going to commit to reading it just to actually get some moral conviction around doing it. You know, yeah. deep, deep, deep work, bro. Like in one sentence, right. Right. Deep work. It's like, duh. And you know what the problem with titles like that for me is, is I will not generally, I'll, I'll procrastinate reading it and then I'll almost never reread it because I'm like, Oh yeah, deep work. Like, yeah, I already learned that. Like, yeah, spend like just shut your door and put the thing on and like don't answer your phone. Obviously, three hours, got it. But there's so much more to it. And I, I did a podcast on Good Life Property Management podcast yesterday about uh, revisiting the one thing and how I was mm. like so mm. hesitant to that because I was like, yeah, well, the one thing, right? Like, well, got it. Like, I don't need to reread it. But I was like, man, but I really remember that book was like so like super impactful when i read it so i finally cracked it open and it was well worth it dude all right so here's something i've been thinking about i'm doing a lot of reading right now particularly with audible i've been doing some my, my fitness has gone up a bit which means i have more available time to to process so i was coming up with a list of books asking myself if i had to limit myself and rather than constantly churning through new books, just really commit to a small number and just keep rereading them, what would be on my list? Like if you could only pick 10 books and that was like, that was it. You were never going to get to no new data. Damn. I like that. Let's do our 10 book. Li- I don't know if we can like do it right now, but we can try, but let's, let's share it. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. All right. I mean, all right. Sounds good. I'll, I'll go through. I'll go through candidates right now. I haven't distilled it, but here are my candidates. My candidates are Outsiders by Thorndike, Making Money is Killing Your Business, Loving What Is by Katie Byron, The One Thing by Gary Keller, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham, Principles by Ray Dalio, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, Thanks for the Feedback, can't remember the author's name, Three Laws of Performance, uh, Stillness is the Key, and Deep Work. Wow, man. So there's like three or four titles I think I heard on there that you just like recently read. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. That's awesome. It's going to change. You know, it'll it'll probably shift, but these are just, these are the candidates I have. What, what candidates do you have that would be like likely to, to get airtime? Man, I got to look at my bookshelf. Um, so the first one, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. If I could mm. only if I could only keep one book, it would be that book. Um, Beautiful. The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra. Game changer mm. book. Mm. Um, I would... Uh, man, Zap, the Zappos book. I haven't read it in a while, but I remember that book was like probably lit my fire more, more than any other book. The one thing... Uh, Man, I don't know. Probably Think and Go Rich. You know mm-hmm. what book's really good, and I'd like you to consider reading it after you read the Stillness book. Okay, is uh, Russell Simmons the from Def Jam? Ooh, he wrote a book called Stillness: Success Through Stillness, and it's basically Dude. like Ryan Holiday's book, just like an earlier version. Well, I don't know. I haven't read Ryan Holiday's <laughs> book, but it's the same premise. But the cool thing about his book is um, it actually. I'll preface it with this. If you have any interest in meditation, read it. Mm-hmm. If you're like, no, it's not for me, then it, it like might, well, then you might actually get turned. But I've been a long time meditator and his book 
I, I try to read every so often because it goes through the mental benefits, the physical benefits, like backed up by research, the, the way he got successful through it, how it changed his business, like how, you know, all these things. So where you're just like, whoa, like case study after case study after case study, like of all these things and Oprah's doing it and uh, the rock. And like, this isn't some like new age thing now, like, um, you know, all, like all the Tiger Woods, all these successful people, Tom Brady. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's a good one if you're interested. So it helped me recently bump my meditation up from just the morning to like, I've been doing pretty successfully morning and night now, which has been good. Ooh, on it. All right. I'll definitely check it out. Um, I, this, this is a great segue, Steve, to just kind of like flesh out this metaphor that's been in my head. I have this metaphor in my head thinking about what work is like in the sense that the, for me, the doing aspect of work is like really enticing, but also really dangerous. I find the more access that I have to doing, the more tempted I am to not think and that starving myself of responsibility and accomplishment in the doing sense is the one thing that's really moved the needle for me in terms of like forcing me to kind of have hard, ha- have hard conversations with myself and upskill. Like, do you, do you relate to that at all in terms of the, the dangers that come with like just low level task type work? Totally, man. And that I've spent the last couple of years, especially really trying to cleanse that as much as possible. You know, I, I want to just focus on the, the top priorities. Um, you know, I, I heard, I read somewhere that priorities isn't even a word. Like it, it wasn't even supposed to be a word. <laughs> like it was supposed to be priority. And you know, the fact that you have, like, you can't have multiple priorities, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, um, I try to set it up so that I'm just doing, I want to live the life I intended, man. That's what I want to be able to say at the end of the day. So the um, life I intended. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So you got to get clear on what that is, I guess. Um, yeah. I've been getting, uh, that's been a great path of inquiry for me and having a business. This is all, this is all business talk, by the way. Like, obviously it's more than that, but that list of books and the list of books that you gave, those are business book recommendations as far as I'm concerned, including the Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra. When I'm having business conversations with folks now, I like to like drill down to get beyond proxies. Like money is a proxy, for example. Or um, time freedom is a proxy, for for example, and I've really it's it's opened up a lot of relational possibilities for me to just like go beyond talking about for you know first I like I was talking about people about growth and then I was talking about people about profit and now just like pushing past that like what is the end 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 game? Mm-hmm. It, it's really gratifying to me like what it just opens up relationally in conversation with other entrepreneurs. Totally, man. I had a great conversation. Um, I don't want to call him out or say his name, but great guy. He's uh, a really successful manager and he's in a strategic coach and he was in my 10X. And we were talking and he was like, he was like, like, why are you here, Steve? Like, this is 10X ambition. Like, aren't you the, like, the not work? like as much guy like no but he was he wasn't being rude he was just like honestly like what do you yeah like, you're like to play music and you're surfing right and i'm like yeah well number one i i uh i want to step my i always want to be stepping my level my game up but two like to me working harder is not 
like the success I'm going after. I'm actually trying to figure out how to work less and have like bigger results. It's just kind of like an interesting game to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, I was talking to him about tribe and he was like, yeah, I think I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, yeah, like that's just one of the things that like, I just, it wasn't really for me, I guess, because like, I'm, I don't want to work less. Like I want to be working like all this, like I want, like I have these big goals and I got to be like getting to them. And, um, so I'm just like, not, I'm in a different, I'm completely different mindset than you. And I was like, totally like, that's awesome. Like, love it. You know? Um, but, uh, but then, you know, I started being able to tell him kind of what I was about. I was like, you know, lately for me, my being is primary. So like what I do in the world is always secondary. So like if I'm feeling stressed out or something, I try to call a timeout. And I'd work on myself and do, you know, meditation, yoga, try to only do things I like because I feel like how I show up in the world is like the number one most important thing. And he was just like looking at me like, all right. Like, I don't know if it made sense to him if he thought I was lunatic. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it was funny. And there was a guy sitting next to me. He probably might have thought I was weird. I don't know. Maybe they were like, weren't even listening. But I guess uh, that's the journey I'm on right now. And that's kind of ties into what you said is like, I want to help bring about positive change in like human consciousness. And that sounds kind of weird and heavy, but like in the sense of like awareness of who we are as people and the being like who we, who we're being. And that's why I love our conversations because they relate to business. And if business is all a mindset game, then, you know, it's about getting clarity. It's about like, we know all the things. Look at us. We're consuming like book after book Mm -hmm. after book, but it's Mm -hmm. like, but it's like, Hey, all right. What about don't delegate anything? Don't do anything you can delegate. Why don't you start there, Stephen Jordan, before you like dive into the next book? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just these little simple truths, you know? So I don't know. That what uh, that's kind of like where I'm at. And so it was an interesting conversation with him. I, I love that, man. I I'm want to get to a point where I'm just so, super comfortable sharing what I'm about and what I'm doing. And Sometimes I feel like there's like this awkwardness if I think that I am trying to, or I think somebody else perceives me as trying to like proselytize an idea right. or a perspective. I just want to be like, no shame in my game, super proud of where I'm at and what I'm doing and, and really have deep conviction instead of like doing it out of sense, some sense of obligation or duty or morality. Right. Um, and I feel like that frees me up to be really open-handed and to be, and to receive from somebody else if that's not what they're into, you know, or maybe it would be what they're into, but they're not in a place in terms of maturity to embrace it. Cause I'm certainly, I look at who I was a decade ago and I could have a bunch of judgments about that person, or I could recognize that they're like on this amazing journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally resonate with that. I've, I've never been a prof- prophetizer or tr- at least maybe never tried to be. I probably have been at times, but it's like Jason Goldberg talks about like, there's no good or bad. It's just like, is it effective or ineffective? So it's like, I find things that are effective for me and I, I have a platform, you know, sometimes yeah. I'll share them. Mm. <laughs> and, mm. and, uh, and so if it resonates with people, um, then that's great. But that's the interesting thing that comes to mind. Byron Katie said, like she says, um, I am who I think you think I, or wait. Yeah. 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 It's like, (laughs) I am who, who, who I think you think I am. 
I am who I think you think I am. So basically, like, here's an example. I saw this bumper sticker that said something to the effect of like F Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's probably because Trump's kind of an a-hole, right? And he's like mm-hmm. doing these things that you hate. But like you just became Trump by putting that bumper sticker on your car. Like, and then mm. I just became Trump by like judging <laughs> for it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you, you're a mirror of what you, what you like judge, you know, in the world. So like, like Martin Luther King wouldn't say F Trump in a bumper sticker. He wouldn't, he would mm. like, he wouldn't even badmouth him. Probably he would like, probably just like be for something rather than against something. And so anytime I find myself judging some, someone, then I know I'm just like being a mirror of what that person, um, did another another example that came up like a little while ago was my dad's always um my dad i think was like saying something about my sister like oh i wish i wanted her to do this or something not like bad just like you know dads are like Mm -hmm. children to do well and then i was like yeah dad you just need to let her like be who she is man like you know that's just like it's all good but then i was like wait i just like judged my dad for judging my sister like why can't my dad do whatever? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I guess like there's healthy times to like put your opinion in and, and judge, but just be, I try to be careful because when I think I'm like, Oh, on the high horse, I'm usually right at the level that I'm judging the person at. If that makes mm. sense. Man, you, you just dropped a lot of great stuff. The things that stuck with me were be, what are you for? Not what are you against in my language? That is so revealing. If I'm talking about what I don't want to have happen, I'm in like survival reactive mode as opposed to what I do want. And then there's only effective and not effective. That is so profoundly meaningful to me. Nice, man. What do I want? What am I trying to accomplish? What is effective and not effective? What I substitute when I'm not... What what I've used in the past, the crutch is like moral judgments about what's right or what should be or what ought be. And I've just come to realize... At the end of the day, those a lot of those a lot those things just don't create a lot of value. It's like I'm either advancing or not advancing the specific goals and outcomes that I want to see happen. And judgments and moralizing in many ways is just kind of like noise that slows me down and jams me up. So two things. Uh, one, I like how you co- going back to the question you did with your buddy. Uh, I don't know if he was a client or whatever, but that might be something interesting. Me and you can do. Because, you know, I love co-creation. Mm-hmm. If you have a good question that you're interested in, firing it over to me, would you? Because it's so funny. And that's why I love having this conversation with you regularly. Because we tend to approach things differently a lot of the times. Like, at least initially. But then we can both mm-hmm. see each other's side. Like, mm-hmm. the, um, <laughs> what was it? The what would Elon Musk do if he took over my business? Yeah. Yeah. Her take was so awesome. It was like completely out of the box. Like he would shut it down. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's so refreshing, man. I would have never thought like, you know, cause I was operating with like tactical and you were just like the end around. You're like, he would shut that thing down and like, <laughs> yeah, I'd move on the capital, <laughs> but like, I don't know. So I think that would be a fun, a fun exercise. But, um, Talking about post-it notes and, and reminders and emails and things, three things I wrote down that I wanted to get your take on that I'm also looking at recently mm. is, uh, so I put my mission here, are three things I'm working on every day. Um, number one is carrying 0.00% of what other people think. Um, to love, So these are three things that I feel like if I do these things, I'm like unstoppable. So that's number one. Number two is love losing because if, 
that's part of the journey. Like if you can get to a place where you're like, Oh, I lost that big deal. Freaking winner learn, baby. Game on, baby. Like whatever. Love losing. And then following your heart, like, like constantly asking, you know, where am I not being true to myself? Mm. Um, You know, I feel like those three things are something I'm really working on. Are those things you're working on? Have you like, what comes to mind when any of those? All right. Well, my, like the first one, as soon as it came out of your mouth, like it almost had this heaviness, like, am I even capable of that? So right. can you just like unpack what that, wh- what do you do when you catch yourself realizing like you're caring deeply about something trivial or not? Yeah. And it may be, you might, you might be right. It may be this like unattainable thing. Cause if we're really going to get analytical or technical about it, like, yeah, I mean, you, you got to like, be in society and care somewhat but i think it's more maybe when it's based on things that you're you care about and that you're passionate about um you know just not making decisions based on how you think other people might feel as long as it's not like hurting someone and it's going towards something that's important to you and that you're following your heart like oh i'm not going to post this because like oh i look stupid or I'm not going to take this big, you know, jump and talk to this person that I've been not talking to about something because I don't want like them to think this. It's just like coming from a place of um, just being confident. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm picking up where you're laying down. To me, this is making me thinking about the reading that I've been doing about shame via Brene Brown. Yeah. And seeing how shame like comes up so Mm. frequently. Maybe that's what it is, is like, I won't go to a, I refuse to go to a place of shame based on what I perceive others are projecting onto me. Is that kind of, is that like in the mix? Yeah, totally. Cause I think you feel shame if you feel, if you, if you do it or not, like maybe if you make a decision and you don't do something because of what other people might think, you might feel shame. And if you do it and then you get rejected or something, you feel shame. So yeah, I, that's a big, that's a, that's a big topic right there. So. What what else uh, what else comes to mind with that? Like an example, I'm listening to this audio series um, on vulnerability from her, and it's talking about what genuine authenticity looks like versus not. And I'm super interested in this conversation. I'm super interested in in the the two things that probably catch my attention are how to deal with other alphas which I self-identify as like there was a long season in my life where I really wanted to be a hard ass and I wanted to have certainty about things and I wanted to kind of like force my way through the world. I'm out of that now, but I interact with folks that I perceive that way. How can I make some of these ideas accessible to them? And maybe that's like overly preachy of me, but that comes to mind. And then the other thing is with my kids I'm just getting more and more sensitive to this awareness of how simple, how how quickly I can induce shame. Like kid drops a cup, cup breaks, and it's like, come on, hey, don't (laughs) don't do that or stop. You know, Mm -hmm. it was that. What's the value? What if I could yell and I could have prevented them from having broken the cup? Is that is that worth it? Like, under what conditions or circumstances do I really want to be? inducing shame and i can't think of any and yet it's still like wired into me yeah Um, so that's man that one's that one's deep and it's really motivating to me to kind of steady what this looks like and how to facilitate 
how to be genuinely authentically vulnerable and how to do that in such a way that it facilitates that from others in reverse. What about love losing? Okay. Um, winner learn. I love this phrase and attitudinally, I really believe that. So that's, that's, that's easy money. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, I have another question. Do you think things happen for us or to us? Like, do you have an opinion on there being like a greater plan for our lives? Well, hit me with some deep stuff. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like where my mind goes to in that question is the idea. Is there a God and does that have, does that God have foreknowledge of all things? And if he does, that is in effect, a plan. And I'd say where I'm at right now, I'd say, yes, I do believe in that. So I would say things happen for us rather than to us. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I would have guessed that with you, but I've been thinking a lot about that the last few years and I've, um, you know, been reading books, you know, around that. I don't know. I just like feel that that's the case. And so it ties into like love losing because yeah, the, the one aspect of it is you win or you learn. So that's great. You learn. So it's like you win no matter what. But the other one is like, you love losing because it comes up for me because it's not a loss. It's like, this happened for you. Like, this is the next step. Like, your daughter dropping a glass and breaking it, you yelling creates negativity. Not a good thing, obviously, or at least not mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but hey, maybe it happens so that you could have this introspective moment mm. so that it could happen less. You know what I mean? And um, Yes, yes. Here's another example. Yesterday, so I have this cherry surfboard. It's like the best, nicest surfboard I've ever. Uh, the waves are firing yesterday morning. I go out. There's this break that I don't usually go to. Rocky. It's a little treacherous. Nobody's out. I'm like, oh my God, nobody's out. Like going in, getting in the water, go off these rocks, dive in. <laughs> like the second I hit the water, there was a submerged rock that I didn't. Oh see. no. Just completely destroyed my board. Like, I'm going to take it to the repair shop. It's probably will be more like to fix it than it costs, but we'll see. But anyway, I was like, uh, really proud of myself because my mind game, I've been working on it. And I was just like, I got out of the water (laughs) back in my car, like went and got my other board. Like, (laughs) like I didn't go back to that spot. (laughs) That was the bad thing. Went back out. But, um, I really, the way my mind works is, I just, I stayed pretty still and steady. And I was like, this, it happens for a reason. I was like, you know what? This was God preventing me from busting my head open. Because what I realized mm-hmm. was that I didn't check the tide chart before I went out, which is un- unusual for me. And it was, the tide was pretty low. And so that was probably God preventing me from busting my head open on a wave and killing mm-hmm. myself. Like, you, mm-hmm. know, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and he had to find some way, what would prevent me from actually like going in the water, like ruining my surfboard immediately. Like, it was such a Barney move. Like, I, I don't know why I did that. It was just like, I was like too, it was just, I'd done it hundreds of times. So that's kind of what comes up for me. And I think if, whether it's right or it's wrong, if, if I, I just feel like that's such an effective mind game to have. When you said Barney just now, were you referencing Barney Fife or Barney the Dinosaur? <laughs> uh, that's like a SoCal or like a surfer term for like a, like a, like a kook, like a, that's another term, a kook, like a, Oh, you're a Barney. Like, you know, you're a dork. You're a first timer. Like, you're, you're <laughs> nice, like, you're nice. a surfer. Like, you're a Barney. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I love that, man. I can think of so many instances where I have just this, this is maturity for me in my life and in 
specifically in, in me, in my marriage, because my behavior has, I've become more self-reflective as I see more directly how it affects other people, but just getting angry and specifically getting angry at inanimate objects. <laughs> and one of the keys for me is being able to laugh at things. I, I don't always do it. My success rate is maybe like one in 10, but sometimes I'll just have this transcendent moment where I'll just be able to like step out and like laugh at myself and how upset I'm getting about something really petty. And it's just like, it's really beautiful and freeing. Have you ever had that happen? Just like laughing at how angry you were at, at something? Yeah, man, that's good. Because that, that means you're aware of it and you're shining a light on it. So yeah, man, I've had those, I've had those moments. That's always refreshing when you can do that for sure. What was the last one? Man, uh, <laughs> the, the three post-it notes. You had the first one. Oh, the last, the last third. Oh, I thought you were talking about laughing. Uh, the last one was following your heart. Um, ah, that yes, yeah, absolutely. This is what I was saying about do what you want in the big things and in the small things. Um, that, with you, that book I posted on our uh, tribe WhatsApp or whatever. The follow your heart or wait, lead with heart leadership for the twenty first century. And I know this sounds like weird to half the country and like, I don't really care, but, uh, and John, John likes to make fun of me for being California. Yeah. <laughs> John, what's up, buddy? If you're listening, <laughs> love you, brother. But, uh, but no, he kind of goes into case studies with like uh, how the heart actually has like computing power and, and like has, um, like cows that have names produce better milk, like than cows that don't have names. Like if you take care of a cow and it has like a name, it produces like 35% more milk. It's just like, it goes through all these studies, but um, I don't know. That's like uh, something I'm into right now where like music, for instance, I would do it regardless if it didn't lead anywhere, but I would like it to, you know, have some financial reward or like, you know, be able to connect with a, a good amount of people at some point. But um, I'm really leaning into being okay with, I don't know how that's going to happen. Like, mm. Mm, mystery. You know what I mean? Like I, there's yeah in business you probably don't want to like be shooting from the hip the whole time you, you need a plan and i do have a plan in the sense that like i am going after certain things and i have certain behaviors i do and i have certain like ways of doing it but just it's really freeing to be okay with just like not knowing because there's this quote that says uh enjoy the beauty of becoming enjoy uncertainty because when nothing is certain anything is possible like you know, when it's not certain that anything's possible, man. And so uh, that's kind of a cool place to, to be in. Man, this is something you've, you've mentored me in and helped me in specifically in the area as it pertains to religion. I was in a place in my life previously where I was addicted to the fantasy and the illusion of certainty. And it's what I draw, drew meaning from. And I'm listening to this book called Maps of Meaning by Jordan Peterson, which is mind bending, but he relates this do heavy dogma and certainty as almost being like mythological double worship in the sense that it's a form of idolatry that says, I know all that there is to know. And I, I know all that needs be known as opposed to having the humility to acknowledge um, mystery and that if there is a God, like by nature, there's a lot of what he's doing that just is not comprehensible and, and cannot be understood and attempts to do so with a really tight, systematic um, theology or, or dogma system of, of belief can be just effectively counterproductive. Transition that to my reading of Richard Rohr's work. You ever heard of Richard Rohr? Yeah, man. Uh, 
Universal Christ or something he wrote? A bunch of stuff, man. I get his newsletter and he he sent out one on gender and sexuality just recently. And it was really expanding my mind because he was talking specifically about the need for... um, He was basically saying, if I have the, the opportunity to trade between having a... If I have to trade between having certainty and having no love versus having an unknown and sitting in the unknown and practicing love, the love of Christ towards others, I'm going to take the latter over the former, even if the latter takes me in a direction and to a place that feels uncomfortable and that I can't fully I can't fully explain or sometimes even justify I'm still going to err on the side of love and I thought that was really beautiful yeah that's awesome man I, I wanted to check out his stuff uh, I've heard of him that that's really cool yeah I mean to each his own I, I you know I don't like to um, definitely not say once yeah because I don't have the right way because I'm I definitely not saying I have the right way, but I think there's this Buddhist saying that this goes, um, the finger pointing at the moon is not the moon. Like you can only, I feel like you can only point to the truth with these, with words and with ideas. Like the truth is so incomprehensible that I just am not even trying to think I can understand it. The reason why, like I'm sitting in my jacuzzi last night, looking up at the stars and it's just incomprehensible like what's going on right now with the universe and the fact that we're spinning around a sun, which is hurtling through space and we're just at the edge of one galaxy and infinite galaxies. So yeah, that's just a little mind bending for me to, uh, to try. I know we want to, as humans wrap our head around, okay, well this is the way it is. And this is, you know, and get all the answers. It makes us feel better. But, um, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of it's just, you know, the finger pointing at the moon is just pointing towards truth. Beautiful, man. Well, it's been a pleasure. As always, I love sitting in this conversation with you to, to rethink through things that I've already heard. And I can say like, oh, you know, I've already learned that. I already thought about that. But like the best ideas, the best thoughts are ones that you can just bask in year after year, conversation after conversation. So love being in it with you. Love being here, brother. Hey, send me a question. You send me a question and I'll send you a question. All right, brother. Deal. Peace. Have fun. Till the next time. Later. Did you enjoy this episode? Please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about joining the tribe, go to tribemastermind.com to understand why the best and brightest mastermind with us.